Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Talking City, your podcast for all things Manchester City. My name is Simon Bykowski from the Manchester Evening News and I'm joined by Stuart Brennan today. Hello there. Uh, to talk about everything that has gone on recently. Um, I've spent the last week on a beach in Italy, so I'm quite out of the loop on uh, on everything. So I'm quite happy to let Stu explain exactly what went wrong with uh, with the Champions League because I'm sure we've spoken about how great the masterclass was against Real Madrid. Um, yeah, Stu, what happened against Leon? Well, first of all, I can say that, that what went wrong most of all is that you spent a week in Italy and I spent a week quarantined in my bedroom because <laughs> I had, uh, we've had three days in Lisbon for the, the Champions League finals tournament, which was uh, wonderful. Thanks for that, City. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, it, it was. Sorry, go on. No, no. I was only gonna, only gonna make a, a joke, but it it wasn't very funny. So do go on. <laughs> yeah, none of none of yours are. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was it's very disappointing. It, it, it's almost like they did the hard work against Real Madrid. You know, everyone was talking about what a what a big moment that was for City in Europe, you know, beating Real Madrid in two legs. Uh, they've really arrived on the European stage. And then they play against Leon, who, you know, fair play to Leon. They're no mugs. They're a, they're a good team. And they seem to raise the game for, for the for the big matches. We saw that against Juventus in the, in the last 16. And we saw that last season when they beat City at the Etihad as well. Um, but when it all comes down to it, they finished seventh in the, in the French League. Um, uh, and you know City need to be dealing with teams like that if they've got any real real designs any ambition of, of going through we saw what Bayern Munich did to Leon. you know they, they dealt with them quite comfortably in the end um, you know and City should be thinking of themselves on the same level as Bayern they're clearly not you know they, they've still got whether it's a mental thing um, people have talked in the past about City's bottle in Europe um, when they go behind they, they don't they don't win that many games when they go behind. They depend on getting the noses in front and then uh, and then extending it and, and building on that. Um, and they went behind against Leon, and although they got back in the game, um, same old, same old, really. In the individual errors, both ends, Raheem Sterling putting one over the bar. Um, you know, Edison palming one out when it was two-one. Um, you know, on the same old defensive. Issues that we, we've seen time and time again. Um, allied to that, I don't think Pep can escape criticism. Um, people talk about him overthinking things. Whether, it, whether it's him over, overthinking or just basically getting it wrong, uh, I don't know. But you, you kind of think if you're playing Leon, um, what the City should be going out there and saying, well, this is our best team, this is our best formation. We're better than Leon. We've got better players. Um, we've, we've got a better pedigree. Let's just go out and let them worry about us. But Pep, Pep didn't do that. And when we looked, we looked at the lineup. And we thought, "What's he doing here? Is he playing three centre backs? Um, is he playing Fernandinho in midfield as an extra bit of security? What's going?" So it took us a long while to figure it out. Um, and then when it started, it looked like the players had the same problem. You know, they, they were struggling to get their heads around what they were doing. Um, there, there was, I mean, I, I turned to, uh, I was sitting near one of the one of the city staff um, up in the stand in the, the Alvalada Stadium, and I turned, turned to him and said, this looks to me like 
he's getting ready for for the Bayern Munich game. He's almost yeah. saying, you know, well, we, we should beat Leon no matter what side we put out and what formation. This is a bit of a cautious, more cautious approach because we've seen what Bayern Munich are capable of. You know, three centre-backs, you had Rodri and Gundogan in front of them, uh, which, you know, rather than a more attacking midfield in place of Gundogan. And you, you, that is how it felt to me. You, you felt, yeah, they're getting, they're getting red. They're preparing. They're using this game as preparation for the Bayern Munich game in the semi, which was not only presumptuous, it was just silly because we all knew that Leon, Leon were good. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. Looking back on that, I'm not sure. That that was my suspicion at the time, but I'm, I'm not sure I've got that right. And, and Pep would deny it till his dying day. I'm sure he would. But it just didn't look right. And they only started looking like City when they switched it, they took Fernandinho off, put Mares on, went back to a 4-3-3, and all of a sudden, it looked like Manchester City were out there uh, playing. And, and I thought, when they got back to 1-1, I thought there was only one winner. Um, but then, you know, Laporte, <laughs> the foul on Laporte, which led yeah. to the, the second goal. Uh, they didn't get the break, the break with the VAR there. Um, I know a lot of people, I haven't actually seen it back yet, but a lot of people said that the um, Kyle Walker on the... Uh, was it Carney in the in the setting now? Should have been a penalty. Um, so that that would even that one out. But you know, City can't be looking at VAR. They can't be relying on VAR. They've learned that in the past. They need to go out and win the game, regardless of of what what happens with VAR. And they should be capable of doing that against Leon. Um, but it all fell apart again, and then and then I had to fly home. So that I'm now made <laughs> 14 days quarantine. So that's wonderful. Good. I mean, you, you, presumably you saw, you saw the game side, did you? I know you were you were busy with other things. I've, I've, I've seen it be, seen it belatedly, yes. Um, right. But I mean, right. I, I saw a bit of uh, Twitter that evening going going crazy over over Pep. Um, now, not to defend the manager, but City did have a manager in Manuel Pellegrini, who whose sort of very tactics seem to be go out and play lads. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they did a lot of times, and sometimes they didn't play, and it all kind of fell apart. And they got to the Champions League semi-finals against Real Madrid, which is more than Guardiola has managed. But the nature of their exit that year was criticised heavily by the by the chairman Caldun Al Mubarak as sort of he was welcoming in Guardiola era, and this attention to detail on tactics. And, focus on the opposition is something that Guardiola would say he does every time. So we all praised him against Real Madrid because he looked at Real Madrid's strengths and weaknesses. He identified do what they shouldn't do and he set his team up like he'd never done before. Gabriel Jesus is almost like a wing-back. Mm. Um, false nines, whatever. So he's done that against Real Madrid. He's won. We've all praised him, said, what wow, a genius Pep is. Um, He's then looked at Leon, and you know maybe he's looking ahead to Bayern. But he he would say he's looking at strengths. He's set his team up for how he thinks he they will play against Leon. And if Sterling doesn't miss a sitter, or if you know the foul against Laporte is given, City go on and win the game. And we then say yes, Guardiola has got it right again, or. As as he would say, do you have to take the result and performance aside? And as you've said, say, look, they weren't good enough. You know, they might have scraped through with the wrong setup because they are clearly better than Leon. 
but if had they gone through, it wouldn't be because of Guardiola's setup. So, of how how much slack do we do we give him, and how much blame does he get for for that result? Yeah, I take all those points. Um, all I would say is that the fact that they didn't start playing for like fifty five minutes to an hour, they didn't yeah. start looking looking anything like City seems directly related to me to the setup that they had. That if the players weren't sure and didn't feel comfortable in it, which they didn't look to be, well, it, it was a bad call. Um, and then all the other things, you know, the, the individual errors. If 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 City had gone out and played as we know they could right from the first whistle, all those other things wouldn't have mattered because I think they would have been comfortable by that by the by the time that Sterling puts one over the bar, by the time Laporte gets legged up. By the time that um, Moussa Dembele scores a couple of opportunist goals, I think the tie could and should have been won long before that. Uh, and they might have done if, if they hadn't worried too much about Leon. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's a difference between setting up a bit more cautiously against Real Madrid than there is against Leon. You know, we, we see yeah. that in the Premier League. We, we, we've seen Pep tweak it in the Premier League, you know, going to Anfield and playing Bernardo a little bit deeper um, and, and stuff like that, which worked. Um, and those little tweaks are, are fine, I think, and are understandable when you're playing big games. But when, when City are playing lesser teams, in, and I mean, all respect to Leon, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're Norwich or Brighton or somebody. They're not. They're much better than that. But when City are playing teams that they are better than, they do yeah. tend to just put their t- their best team out and say, right, we're playing 4-3-3, we're going to come at you, uh, and it's up to you to try and do something about it. I don't think they should be thinking that way against Leon, even though Leon are a good side. City are better and should be should be thinking on, on a different level. Bayern, like Bayern, Bayern Munich didn't change their game to, to suit Leon. They just said, we're Bayern Munich, we just put eight past Barcelona, we're going to go out and do the same again. You know, the, yeah. Bayern did it against Barca. Never mind Leon. That is that City have got to get into that mindset, and I don't think Pep fiddling with it. It messes. I think it messes with players' minds. Uh, and I take your point about Gabriel Jesus being played as a as a bit of a wing as a wing in a wing back position in the, in the first leg in the Bernabeu. But that was that was quite a minor tweak, really. I mean, Jesus is busy anyway. If he, if he plays up front, he's he's tracking back and chasing back and harrying. But and that's really all he was asked to do. He was he was asked to to just to make sure that Carvajal didn't get forward, um, which he does to good effect. Um, and the rest of it was pretty much City as as we expect City to be. Um, so again, that was just a minor tweak. This wasn't a minor tweak. This was a big change of formation. Um, and it, it didn't work. It just simply didn't work. And it took an hour to change it. Um, I don't know what Pep was watching in the first half, but we, we're all saying this just isn't working. You know, the, yeah. the, the City, of, City of, are so smooth. You know, the cogs all fit together so nicely when they play football. And it, it, they were clunking. You know, they were sort of missing gears and stuff. And he thought, he's got to change. He's got to change soon. And he, he, he left it a long time. So the first hour of the game had gone before before City even even got, got to play. And then they lost it in the last half hour. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Pep, Pep has got to... Has got to I mean, he's crazy, really, because we're, we're all here knocking Pep. He's, he knows far more about football than <laughs> the rest of us put together. But, you know, it is our job to try and say whether it went right went wrong. I'm sure he's... He's gone into it in far greater detail than we ever will. Uh, but I think sometimes that is the problem with Pep. 
you know, talking about not seeing the wood for the trees, he, he sort of gets into the detail so much that you forget the bigger picture. And sometimes the bigger picture is about just letting your players play in the way they feel comfortable and the way that they normally do and giving them the confidence to go out and say, we're Manchester City, we're better yeah. than you, we're going to dominate you and we're going to beat you. Uh, and sometimes I think that's 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 bigger than tactics. And And one selection that I thought was curious on top of changing the formation was Eric Garcia. Yeah. Now Garcia has played a lot of football since the restart. He's been the the partner for for Laporte, but he is um he is not um sorry. Um he has not played since he said he wasn't going to sign a contract with City. And, you know, they're still hopeful that he will change his mind. But the reality is that Barcelona are far more likely to sign him mm-hmm. than he is to sign another contract at City. So yeah. Guardiola announced on the eve of the Real Madrid game, Eric Garcia has said he won't sign a new contract. He then leaves him out of the team for Real Madrid and plays Fernandinho, a midfielder at centre-back. I know he's played there all season, but he's still not a centre-back. Mm-hmm. Um it, it surprised me to see Garcia back in the team. And I'm wondering, you know, when Sane made it clear he wasn't playing, City basically sidelined him and said, right, if you're not going to stay, you're not going to play. If you're a player and your teammate has come out and said he's not going to sign a contract, are you, you surprised then to see him in the starting lineup for a quarter final? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I couldn't quite believe it when I saw it. Um... Yeah, on top of the fact that he's you know a twenty-year-old, nineteen-year-old lad, yeah, like um, it, it just seemed a bit of a, a strange one. And like you were saying, you know, the players just want to know where City were better than Leon will go out and play. Mm-hmm. Like, are they a bit surprised to see, you know, this this defender in the team who doesn't want to be in the at the club? Well, I'm, I'm guessing that Pepper decided he needed three at the back, and if he looks at his best three. Those yeah, best three. You know, if if he doesn't, he plays John Stones, um, which he's obviously lost faith in John Stones because he's he's not been playing him. Uh, Otamendi again. Otamendi's had a poor season. Individual errors all over the place. He's the slowest centre back. You know, it's, it's a really. <laughs> it was quite quite revealing, really, when in the, in the post match when Pep talked about his centre backs, and he said we're we're not so quick. We have not so quick centre backs. Like, well, hold on a minute. You know, you've been here four years now. Yeah, and we've still got we've got three centre backs who are not so quick. Uh, I mean, obviously they are addressing that because Ake's got a bit of pace, and if they bring in Kula Bali or another centre back uh, this summer, I'm sure that they will make sure that they're, they're a bit quicker than yeah. than what they've already got. But it is a feature of City. They've got Otamendi, slow, Garcia, slow, Laporte, bit quicker, but not not the fastest. Uh, and then in front of them. Uh, as, as a shield, Rodri, who isn't quick, and Gundogan, who is who is just as slow as a, any of the centre backs. Yeah. So it, it, that centre of, of City's defence is absolutely there for the picking if you've got some pace. Uh, and that's all. Leon didn't do anything fancy. Leon just did what what they knew they had to do. They just played balls in behind, and it and it worked. You know, Kyle Walker was pushed up a bit as as more of a wing back. Uh, so there was spacing behind him. Cancelo the same on the other side, um, and and that's all they did. And you know, Pep picking Garcia perhaps sends the wrong message out to the 
the rest of the the rest of the dressing room as well. I mean, whether whether there is some daylight, we've not certainly not heard that there's any daylight in terms of Garcia. It just seems to be the same old same as um, you know that he's he said he wants to go and he, he wants to go. And like like you said, City are still hopeful they might be able to talk him round, but there's there's no sign of that as yet. Um, and whether Barcelona can afford him. Is, is another matter. We know that Barcelona yeah. have got the fi- financial problems as well as all kinds of other problems at the minute. Perhaps, perhaps a straight swap for Messi. That might uh, <laughs> well, he, that might work for both parties. It made me chuckle when the Barcelona president came out and listed like six or seven players. The only six or seven players that were <laughs> were safe, and one of them was uh, Nelson Semedo, who'd been sort of <laughs> linked yeah. with City for weeks and weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was, that was quite a message to be sending to your players, isn't it? The rest of you can, the rest of you can clear off. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know how you go into a new season with that on your, on your plate. But no, yeah, it was, it was an odd one. Well, we shall, uh, we shall move on, on from Leon. But um, at, that is City's nineteen twenty season complete. They won the Community Shield at the start of the season. They won the Carabao Cup, uh, second in the Premier League. Um, quite a few points off. Liverpool knocked out of the FA Cup by Arsenal and in the semi-final and knocked out of the Champions League by Leon in the quarters. Um how how do you rate the season? How should City rate the season? Well, that's the problem City have got is they've set set their own standard in the last couple of years. You know, huge totals in the Premier League, winning the, winning it two years on the bounce, uh, winning the domestic treble last season. Um and, and you know this season was all about doing well in the Champions League. They almost put all eggs in that basket halfway through the season, and and then to go out to Leon in the quarter final is disappointing. So it's been a disappointing season. Now, City fans of a certain age will be going nuts at that because you know, <laughs> to, to to achieve the things that they've achieved, you know, when they won a trophy, uh, they finished second in the league to to an exceptional Liverpool performance. Let's be honest. Um, reached the FA Cup semi-final, beat Real Madrid in the Champions League to get to the quarter-final. Any other year in City's history before the last five years, that would be considered pretty decent, you know, to say the least. But they are operating on a different standard these days, and and it has to be said that that will be disappointing. Um, you know, people are saying, that's, I mean, Yaya Torre has been saying it, hasn't he, today that. If this carries on next season, um, Pep's tenure as manager will be questioned. Now, it's difficult to say that because you always feel that Pep will be at City for as long as as long as he, he wants to be. You know, City has set so much store in him being the man who will, who will take them forward um, that he seems it's almost heresy to suggest that he, he might not be at the club. And I don't see it that way because you know he, he's so he's so much part of a team with Ferran Soriano and Chiki Bagaristain that. These people were appointed to get him here, you know, more than yeah. anything, for them to then turn around and, and get rid of him. And not only that, I mean, it's got to be put in perspective. You know, one season is one season. If, if you look, if you look at it, I mean, Fergie didn't win a trophy for four years when he went to United. Klopp didn't win a trophy for four years when he went to Liverpool. Pep's first four years at City, two Premier League titles, three League Cups, an FA Cup in the Champions League every season. You know, then then they've, they've had a they've had a dip this season. They had a they had a dip in his first season of course as well when everyone was getting used to it. Um so next season is crucial, you know, if if he does if he doesn't do well next season, well 
big questions do have to be asked. Um, but it's, it's hard to imagine that that he will. You know, I, I can only, I imagine he'll be champing at the bit to get going on next season. A um, couple of additions to the squad. His players will be stung, hopefully. I, I can't imagine them being anything else. Uh, and they should really set about the new season um, with some vigour. Yeah, yeah. I think th- this has probably been the most disappointing Champions League campaign uh, for City in terms of Liverpool and Tottenham. They were kind of extenuating circumstances. And, and Monaco, it wasn't fully his squad doing fully what he wanted. It feels like this kind of Leon defeat is the the, the worst they've kind of suffered in a knockout game. But you can't really divorce that from all the domestic success he's had um but yeah a a disappointing season um and one in which they've already taken steps to try to rectify with the next season with the signing of Ferran Torres and Nathan Aki and uh let us not forget Scott Carson (laughs) who has uh extended his loan he's kind of a a valuable member of the squad without ever being near playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the big one that's left is that Vincent Company leader centre-back, isn't it, that they yes. they didn't do, get last season. I do uh, feel that that's an issue, the leadership. Yeah. Would you like to expand on that for the benefit of the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't I mean some great players in that City team and there's players who lead by example Kevin De Bruyne springs to mind instantly you know he's the kind of player that if if he's on your team you look across the dressing room you think thank God he's on our side uh, yeah. and you look to him to do big things in big games he scores goals he comes up with assists in big games and in small games as well come to that um, but De Bruyne isn't somebody who will kick you up the backside and grab you by the scruff of the neck and and give you a shake in the way that the company would you know there was a bit of a fear factor with company other players respected him but they feared him a little bit as well you know you wouldn't want to incur his wrath um, but there's nobody in that City squad who feels that way and Pep, Pep loves his intelligent footballers you know he, he loves his Gundogan's and, and De Bruyne's and David Silver's players like this They're beautiful footballers and, and play the game the right way and they're smart and so on but you sometimes think it needs you need a little bit more than that, you know. You need yeah. you need players who are just going to who are going to get the others at it and and just rough it up a little bit. And they, they haven't got anyone like that since company left. They haven't got anybody like that, you know. The Nigel De Jong was a bit like Gareth Barry was like that a little bit. And Jolie and Lescott, I mean, even Joe Hart was a, a a big voice in the dressing room in that team. You know, if things were going wrong players like this would stand up and, and anyone who wasn't pulling the weight would be told about it in no uncertain terms. You can't imagine Kevin De Bruyne doing that. You can't imagine, uh, uh, you know, Fernandinho is quite softly spoken. He's, he's you know, yeah. he's, he's a solid player in his own right, but you can't, he's, he's not, he doesn't strike you as a leader of men. And that there is nobody there who does that. And I, I thought that, that that's an issue. And we talk about City going behind in games. And maybe not having the bottle for 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 this, you know, for the the later stage of the Champions League. I'm I'm not sure about that when I think about it because, you know, they certainly had the bottle in the Premier League. You know, um, they've been big times in the Premier League in the last two or three years when they've they've shown that they've had the bottle then. But it is a different match in the Champions League, 
And I think sometimes you do need that. You do need that player who's gonna who's gonna grab hold of it and 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 drive people on and 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 hand out a rollicking in the. In, I said rollicking them by the way uh, in the dressing room. Um, so you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There, there aren't that many players out there who combine the two. There are not many players. I think midfield players are centre backs. Would would, would Koulibaly do it coming in? You know, we know Nathan Ake won't. He's, he's, he doesn't see he's, he doesn't seem that kind of player. You kind of hope that Laporte, will, but Laporte's quite a quiet individual as well. Um, you hope that he might he might sort of grow into that role. Um, but he, he seems to be a type who sort of keeps himself to himself a little bit. You know, he's, he's not somebody who would who would get in among amongst the other players. I mean, that might change. Um, De Bruyne's shown every now and then that he he's not prepared to put up with substandard performances from other players. Uh, he might grow into that, but again, he's he's not he's not somebody who would frighten me in a dressing room. To be honest with you, um, no. So they perhaps do need that. They perhaps do need, but finding a you know if, if they were to look look beyond the club for that kind of player, um, who is a who is a that plays football the city way. But has that little bit of steel and that bit of of, of leadership that, that that perhaps they lack a little, little bit at times? You can't come up with one, can you? Sorry, uh, I uh, I just cut out. Then I uh, <laughs> I lost you after you said um, Kevin De Bruyne wouldn't frighten you in the dressing room. Uh, oh right. What what had you asked me to come up with? <laughs> you you cut out mentally, didn't you? Rather than uh, <laughs> cut out technically, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well. No, no. I, I was just saying it. That kind of player who combines City's excellence, uh, you know, and the football intelligence that Guardiola requires, yeah, but has that has those leadership qualities that they're, they're few and far between, you know. Well, yeah, it's um, it's difficult because company was such, you know, so hard to replace because he's so hard to find. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know. Watching company try and play Guardiola's football was painful at times, as he'd either try and pass and fail, or just hoof it into the stands, and Guardiola had have his his head in his hands. But the the, the qualities that um, company brought were um, were so much that that sort of didn't matter so much. And I don't know whether I was just thinking of it because of the Leon defeat, but after the Leon defeat, I've kind of thought, yeah, they need a leader more than I thought they did. Um, now, shoe on in my holiday in again. It was very nice, by the way. Um, yeah. I, I spent a bit of time in Naples, and they have a street in in Naples. Uh, they have sort of a, a heritage of making nativity figures, uh, and they do it for both religious figures and all of them. So, you know, they had like Gattuso lifting the the cup uh, from this mm. season and, and they have certain Napoli players and there, there were probably three or four players that that cropped up and one of them was Koulibaly all the time. Koulibaly was there. Koulibaly was right. there. Um, so he's obviously made a big impression on a people who are ferociously passionate about that football but ferociously difficult to please um so we know his skills as a defender but i think he's kind of uh you know napoli neapolitans don't please easily and it takes a lot of convincing to keep them happy 
um, and keep them impressed. And Kula Valley has obviously done that. And some of it will be his playing ability, no doubt, but it will also be his character and how he carries himself on the pitch and off the pitch. And City put a lot of work into, into finding that character. And, you know, it was company's character as much as his ability that stood him out. And I think, you know, Tula Bally has that um, standout quality that makes you think he is the obvious choice to bring in this summer. Um, they've been linked with him for years and years and I sort of never thought mm. it would happen uh, because a lot of it was just Napoli trying to get a price for him. But now the need there is is there for City and I kind of think he's the obvious, the obvious pick. Um, I, I mean, I, I've not been into it much um are, are they close to to signing him is there is there much going on well yesterday they were um all the talk coming out of italy was it was hours away from being done <laughs> um, yes but this 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 happens year after year I, I remember um you know a couple of years ago um certain high profile italian journalists were, were saying how oh, Jorginho was done it had been signed it was all done um, that was not what I was hearing at this end. I'm saying that, you know that there was an agreement had been made, but that, especially when you're dealing with somebody like Mr. De Laurentiis, the Napoli owner, yeah. um, agreements don't necessarily mean anything. You know, they make sure the ink's dried and blotted and everything uh, before you before you can be sure that, that the deal's done. Um, I don't think it's even even that close. Um, you know, there was talk about bids being made in the last week, uh, 70 million euros and and so on, and, and that would get it over the line. But, you know, when all that talk was going on, the information I was getting was that City hadn't made a bid at all. Um, they hadn't even given notice that they were going to make a bid. You know, there the, the are agents being employed as go-betweens in the deal and and... They weren't being told. Look, you know, we're we're ready to we're ready to make a move. Um, it just feels like City are prepared to play the long game on this one. Uh, they've been stung before over Jorginho. I don't think they're going to be dashing into anything. Um, and they were, you know, now I've said that. Of course, he'll sign tomorrow. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely tied on. But yeah. sometimes things do move quickly in transfers. But from what I've heard, there is nothing doing at the moment. Um, I haven't spoke to anyone in the last few hours, but this is going back to last time I spoke to sources at City. They say that absolutely nothing is moving. Um, and of course, the transfer window doesn't shut till October the 5th. I'm sure Pep will want his squad in place yeah. before then, and preferably when they go when they go back to training. Uh, but there's 30 days between now and the start of the season. Um so, you know, there's still plenty of time to, to get the deal done. Um, they're not they're not desperate. You know, they've, they've brought Ake in, so they've already got one centre-back, in, new centre-back in place. Uh, but they've still got that right-sided centre-back um, problem, um, which which Koulibaly has been earmarked as the, the man to fill. It's funny because I saw Fabio Capello in Italy had been saying, what Napoli need to do is sell Koulibaly um, for for seventy million and bring in Upamecano for for forty million and I'm thinking if Upamecano's available for forty million and <laughs> yeah. City need to ditch Koulibaly and go for him instead you know yeah. he's been hugely impressive in 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 this Champions League and and before um, 
But, you know, what, I, I, where they get the idea that they'd be able to get him from RB Leipzig for 40 million, I don't know. Um, but if, if he is available for 40 million, he's an absolute no brainer for me. Yeah, yeah. The, um, yeah, it's kind of uh, important to remember with our Italian media friends as well that Guardiola was hours away from Juventus, if not having already signed for them last year on a number of occasions. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And that one didn't quite pan out. I think Pjanic uh, was the other one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, for me, they get Koulibaly or someone of his ilk and it is a very good transfer window and the favourites for the league next season. If they don't get Koulibaly, it's not a successful transfer window and they're not favourites for the league. Is that is that fair? I think so. I mean, it's, uh, so City need, City need to address at both ends. You know, they need to address the defensive situation, which they, they can only do by bringing players in and releasing one or two. Um, and they really need to address scoring goals at crucial moments at the other end. Um, they won't be addressing that by buying anyone. I don't think they'll be, they'll, for all the talk, linking them with strikers here, there and everywhere, they're not in the market for a striker this summer. They've still got Jesus. Aguero's got another year, um, you know, possibly could be extended depending on how he goes this summer. Um, so I, that won't be addressed. That, that will simply be addressed on the training ground just by trying to make sure that they, they convert more of the chances and certainly the big ones at key moments in important games. Um, I, I that's not that's not a big issue as long as they keep creating the chances that the players are there who can put, put them away. Um, so, that, you know, those are the two issues. But like you say, if they get Koulibaly in, um, that, and they've got already Ake, that's two good centre-back additions. Um, they, they're addressing the issues they're putting a bit more pace when you, when you defend with a high line like City do pace is important and the fact that they've not got any pace there is slightly negligent I would suggest um, but they are addressing that issue now and uh, we if if they do that if they do bring in another centre-back like you say they're well set for a, for a good season um, Yes and the season we know more about now because the fixture list has come out um, just a quick word on that because I struggle to find any words to talk about it I don't want to fall into the the trap of oh they have to play every team home and away twice but um, it, it kind of felt a bit like that this morning um, yeah any <laughs> well you see I, I, I was I was sort of I was intrigued to see uh, one of our former MEN colleagues Mike Wally tweeting this morning that you know I think Gary Lineker said was the first one to come up with the, the old gag about well everybody plays everybody else twice, and Mike Wally who used to work with us at the Evening News said well you know last season that didn't happen in two of the four divisions of the English league yeah you know they, they didn't they didn't uh, they didn't play everybody twice so it is it's a it's a new situation but yeah um, but yeah I mean you, you can you can turn it I mean I I, I was looking at it. You, you look for little advantages little edges I know some city fans are going mad because is it four of the first six are away um but that's only because the first the first game um which was should have been Aston Villa uh, has had to be postponed because city need the 30 day break between seasons um so there's no I don't think there's any any agenda going on here it's just it's just that fact you know um he could argue. I mean, I, I, as I have that, that Liverpool 
uh, in their opening fixtures. I've got some toughies. We've got Everton, which you would hope Everton will get their act together sooner or later and start yeah. giving them a proper Merseyside derby. Um, you know, they've, they've got they've got one or two one or two difficult games, and then then they you know it's Liverpool City on November the seventh. But it, when it all boils down to it, you know, we, we we've done we do this in in the past time after time. You know, looking at run-ins, looking at openings, but it, it rarely makes a difference in, in the season. I don't think. City have got a, no, a difficult, kind difficult... of. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can remember City being very, very angry last season that the uh, the fixture list was handing Liverpool an advantage over Christmas um, with the TV scheduling, and then by Christmas the title race was over and there was no nothing to be angry about. So um, <laughs> it, it, you always have to caution against making uh, predictions on the fixture list and what might be important and what might not be. Um, but, I mean, away to Wolves first up is uh, is going to be tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. There's, well, uh, the, well one, one thing I, uh, that strikes me, the, it's already a really tight schedule anyway. There's no wriggle room in that, in that fixture schedule whatsoever. I think there's two midweek dates in January. There would be one free midweek in January um, if City, you know, do well in the Carabao Cup, if they're still in the Carabao Cup at that point, uh, and they, they progress in Europe. Um, but aside from that, the, there is no free slot for the Aston Villa game, which should have been on the opening day of the season, to be fitted in. The, from from Right from September the 12th, right through to the Champions League final at the end of May, Every midweek is taken up. Uh, obviously, if City get to the gets the Champions League final, that that becomes an issue. If they get to the Carabao Cup final, F, um, it, that and FA Cup final, FA Cup doesn't come into it because there are no replays. So you know that's not that's not an issue. Um, so that they're already heading for a, a bit of a headache. If they have a, if they have a successful season, they will probably end up having to play three games in a week at some point. Um, yeah. And if we have a if we have a dodgy winter, you know, like we had a couple of seasons ago, um, that could get a lot worse. I mean, they really are. The, I mean, it's, it's it's been difficult for fixture planners, um, but they really are praying that the weather gods are kind to them. Because if we have another beast from the east, um, I suspect that we might we might end up running into serious fixture difficulties. And if that happens, City are probably more. Uh, susceptible to that than anyone else because they, they don't they start the season a week late uh, and they usually progress in the cup competitions both at home and in Europe uh, which means that they don't free up any any midweek dates uh, if that happens uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough season physically and mentally um, and possibly tougher for City than for most. Yeah, I think one thing that we can be certain of is that Guardiola will happily play three, four times a week if it means that they, they're in with a chance of winning every trophy on offer. Yeah. Um, it's kind of been his, his mantra from the start. Other teams might toss off the cups, but um he's he's been very uh, very clear about wanting to win everything and they've they've done a, a, a pretty good job of, of doing that. Um so we will see what next season and its fixture list brings. Um and we'll be back at some point soon. Um, to hopefully talk about some transfer updates. Uh, Thanks for listening today. And uh, don't forget to comment and subscribe. And uh, yeah, we'll be back 
again to um, to give you the latest as and when it happens. 